0: Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. As I'm sure you are now aware, at about 2 o'clock on Sunday morning, the 12th of June, a shooter stepped into a gay bar in Orlando, Florida and murdered somewhere around 50 people, wounding about 50 more. It's now regarded as the worst mass shooting in American history. It was tragic. It was horrible. And what's important now is that we learn some lessons, that we pay attention to what I'm calling for this podcast, 10 Truths of Orlando. The, the words that I want to mention first, number one, are the words self-radicalization. We're hearing that a lot in the media these days because this particular shooter does not seem to have been affiliated with anyone. I think this is going to be a continuing trend. I think it is now possible for any high school student with an attitude to go onto YouTube to watch radical uh, Islamic um, videos to watch videos that radicalize to watch videos that incite to violence and then for that young man simply to grab a kitchen knife and go kill some people this is happening in Israel it's happened in Canada And even though here in the United States, it tends to be more about guns than about knives, still it's happening here. We are tending, as we should, to pay attention to networks and ISIS and and sleeper cells, and certainly popular fiction helps us pay attention to those things, or at least encourages us to. But the fact is, I think we have the most to fear at a American main street level as at an on the street in the mall at the club kind of level from the self radicalized. And I'll come back to some of the solutions for that. Some of the ways we can guard against that, but keep those words in mind. This shooter, whose name I will not say in this podcast, this shooter was self radicalized. His family had no idea. He was not part of any network. He was not part of any organization, but he killed 50 people. Uh, wounded another 50, has bruised an already bruised nation, uh, largely on the influence of what he watched on his computer. That's going to be the future. The second term I want to look at, the second truth I want to look at regarding Orlando is the issue of guns. Now, before I go any further, because I know this is very controversial, let me tell you that I own guns. Let me tell you that I believe in citizens having guns. Let me tell you that I have a concealed carry permit, or actually I'm in the final stages of applying for one. Maybe by the time this podcast goes out, I'll have one. That I absolutely believe American citizens have the right to have guns. However, in this particular case, this man acquired an AR-15, an automatic assault weapon, days before he actually engaged in this horrific crime. This is a man who was on the FBI's watch list. This is a man who was known for mental instability. This is a man whose coworkers thought he was nuts, and yet he was able to walk into a store, buy an automatic weapon, and spray a gay bar at two in the morning killing 50 people, wounding 50 more, as I've said. Now, I understand the concerns of the NRA and many of my friends on the right who say if you allow the federal government to restrict weapons at all, then you're going to have over-restriction, and thus the citizens or citizenry is going to be disarmed in the face of an increasingly intrusive federal government. Well, I share that concern about the intrusive, expansive federal government, and I believe the citizens should be armed, particularly given the kind of criminal activity that we have on our streets today. How However, I do not believe that anyone, particularly someone of this young man's record, should have the right to walk into a store and buy an automatic weapon that was designed for warfare and carry it around on the streets to do this kind of damage. We have two extremes talking to each other, or perhaps not talking to each other, on the issue of gun control. No sane person thinks that this young man should have been able to purchase an AR-15 and the accompanying um uh, weapon I'm, I'm sorry the accompanying a- ammunition that's absurd and so i hunt i shoot i share the view that that guns should not be taken i i believe uh, i even think there's a nobility to american gun culture to a large extent but the idea that some of these shootings have happened of late and that in some cases the those perpetrators have been able to acquire automatic weapons from local stores with the ease they would have bought a coke I think that's absurd, and it's time for us to get sane, get real, get honest, and since I am a conservative, let me say to my friends on the right, it really is time for us to start making sense on this in our public discussions. This is absurd. Number three, I want to point out, this is the third truth from our, about Orlando, that we are living in a very, very violent society. There is a statistic that when I first heard it uh, really rankled me. In fact, I disagreed with it until I checked it out myself, and that is, Uh, that more people have died in U.S. uh, shootings. In other words, what you might call domestic shootings in America than have died in all of America's wars. It's true. More people have been shot just in normal gunfire as a result of robberies and murders and gang violence and motorcycle gang violence and what have you. Uh, More people have been shot in America uh, through And again, it's not the gun that's evil, it's the human heart that's evil, but more people have been shot in America than have been killed in America's wars. To put it a different way, there have been more domestic killings than there have been military killings of Americans at war. That is tragic. And it says a great deal about the violence that is in our society. I know that those of you who listen to this podcast are smart enough to figure out how we ought to respond to this, how we ought to modify what we watch, how we we ought to guard what our children watch, how we ought to guard uh, the violence that is even in our language and our way of conducting ourselves. But that is a tragic statement. And as a Christian, I believe that unrighteously shed blood has a voice that arises to God. And so imagine what he is hearing from America When it comes to the issue of unrighteously shed blood, more people have died by being shot in America than have died fighting America's wars. That's tragic. The fourth truth from Orlando is that we need to keep an eye on generational things. Uh, The shooter's father seems to be uh, a man who has not only run for office in Afghanistan, certainly no crime, that's fine, uh, but he has also written things in support of the Taliban, Uh, And he is a man who is stridently anti-homosexual. Now, uh, the point of me pointing this out is that we need to watch how the next generation often amplifies the attitudes of their their parents or their ancestors. Uh, Normally, uh, views that are held in one generation are amplified by the next generation. So the shooter said, we understand, or we understand he said to some people, he was disgusted by a gay couple kissing on the streets. Uh, He became increasingly angry, but the impetus for that was his father's views. This is something we need to keep an eye on. This is something we need to be aware of. This is something the FBI needs to use uh, in its investigations of people and its watch lists. And it's something that we need to keep an eye on. These things get passed down generationally, these attitudes get amplified from generation to generation, and it's incredibly important the the fifth thing i want to say is that orlando emphasizes once again the power of community now Those around the shooter, those who worked with him, those who knew him, knew he was unstable, knew he was a rager, knew he might be bipolar, knew that he was dangerous. But he got dropped off the FBI watch list three times. And I'm not faulting the FBI. The fact is there was no evidence to retain the man. Mental instability, uh, angry attitudes, none of those are enough to keep a person on the FBI watch list. But the community knew. And I am a big believer in the idea of the community knowing what needs to be known, of townships and villages and and families and tribes and networks keeping guard for each other, watching out for each other, defending each other, knowing what needs to be known about its members. We no longer can again expect the federal government to do our job for us. The fact is we have to build meaningful relationships, have a band of brothers, have people who we live amongst, have community, and have the community keep guard. One of the big lessons coming out of Orlando is that the community knew what to do. The community knew what was going on. The community knew there was something wrong when the officials did not. And that is absolutely critical. A sixth point that I want to make is, and this is also community. In fact, this is community number two uh, as my sixth point, and that is that in the in the future, as we go forward, the community is going to have to provide the answers. I, I, I am not in favor of radical violence. I am not in favor of tribal violence. But but I but I need to say that the people in that bar at two in the morning were defenseless. They were virtually defenseless. They were having a good time, two in the morning, hanging out together, and uh, they were uh, people who who just were not expecting any kind of shooting like this. But the answers immediately came from the community, and better answers could have come uh, from the community. I'm simply saying this is going to be uh, the, the answer in the future. The community is going to have to provide The solutions. I have to tell you honestly, and this is going to sound very violent to some of you. I wish that I, that one of my gay friends had been at that bar and maybe, or attended that bar from time to time. And that perhaps I had been visiting in town. Perhaps I'd run onto them or perhaps they'd invited me to that bar. I wish that I'd been able to have uh, my concealed carry weapon with me. I wish that I'd been able to end that shooter before he killed so many people. Does that sound violent and terrible? No. If you love a people, you're willing to defend them. Now, you everybody listening to this podcast knows that I am a traditional Christian and knows that I believe that a homosexual lifestyle is sinful. However, I also believe that drunkenness is sinful. I believe that sex out of marriage is sinful. Uh, I believe that foul language is sinful. Uh, my point is to say that I am willing to defend people with whom I do not disagree and whose lifestyles I regard as immoral. And I, I, what I'm saying is I wish I had been in a position and part of a community that could have prevented those deaths on that day because ultimately it falls to the community. I'm not saying the gay community should rise up and arm with you know, automatic weapons, but I am saying every community— Everybody who lives in America, lives on this earth, has got to think in terms of who am I part of and how will we defend ourselves? How will we stand together? How can we resist some things? Because these types of outbreaks of violence are going to happen again and again. To whom do you belong? What answers do they have for the challenges that are coming against us? And how are they going to deal with the violence? How are you going to deal with the violence that is arising in our time? And that brings me to number eight, which is, I'm sorry, to number seven, which is the whole gay angle. Um, you know, I've already stated it very clearly. I've stated it many, many times in this podcast. I have gay friends. I know gay people. Um, I I live in a world with a, with rising um, gay relationships and people who have have come out and declared themselves gay. All of my gay friends know exactly what I think, know exactly what I believe, and I love them across those moral lines and those theological lines. However, for those of you who let it stop there, who just let it end at the at the point of well, they were gays, and so. They- they deserved it or, well, they were gays and that's what happened. I want you to consider that this young man, without question influenced by Islam, um, without question influenced by his father's attitudes, simply went and shot those he disagreed with. Now, in this case, it was gays, but it might have been what? Uh, evangelicals in church on Sunday mornings with their hands raised. Uh, It might have been uh, conservative uh, American uh, patriots. It might have been Tea Party members. Uh, It might have been a women's gathering, could easily have been a women's gathering. In fact, the Shooters uh, work community uh, said that he was as angry about gays as he was about women. So imagine there had been some large women's gathering uh, and he had decided to spray that organization. That was just as justified in his head as as anything else might have been. I certainly have different views from my gay friends about their homosexual lifestyles. But we in America have got to understand that either we defend uh, legal gatherings and legal activity against violence, or the violent will come for those things that we love and that we believe in and that, uh, that are equally legal. I am convinced that we will see shooters like this man coming against churches. I'm convinced we'll see them coming against women's gatherings. Uh, I expect that uh, people of this man's morality uh, will go to the beach and, and and fire at people in bathing suits and women's and women in bikinis because this as this is just as offensive to them. So we either stand up for those who are the victims of violence, uh, stand up for those who are under threat, and stand up for those who uh, might be assaulted by someone of a strict morality that he or she believes uh, the world ought to submit to, uh, or we will find the things that we care about uh, equally targeted. And that's going to be uh, I think that is very much the way it's going these days, and to simply f- to ignore or to not care or to not provide defense for the kind of thing that happened in Orlando, believing that we're somehow how immune, is the height of naivety. I want to mention three practical things in my final in my the final three in my list of ten. Uh, First of all, I want to give you some practical steps here in in, in your own life. You you need to understand that you are not immune from the kind of violence that happened in Orlando. This was a self radicalized shooter who went to a gun store three days before he committed his crime, bought an assault weapon, stepped into a bar, and sprayed people. Uh, This is happening in malls. It's happening on street corners. uh, It's happening in restaurants. It's happening at rock concerts. And so, my seventh uh, point, I'm sorry, my eighth point, for you is this. Maintain what the military calls situational awareness. Always contemplate wherever you are, how you might get out, where threats might come from, what you would do to protect those with you. I know that some of you are terrified that I'm talking like this. But these are simply the skills, and I'll say particularly for you men listening to me, uh, these are simply some of the skills that we have to have. I'm not suggesting that you carry a weapon. I'm not suggesting that you get violent. That's a decision you have to make. But we are fools if we are sitting in public places today in America and not at least for two seconds letting the possibility of a violent outbreak occur, uh, pass through our minds, and not consider how we would escape, who we would shove to the floor in our group, how we would protect ourselves. Uh, That kind of thinking in movie theaters, in restaurants, in concerts, in churches uh, has saved lives. So maintain situational Awareness. I also want to ask you to consider. This is number nine. What is your personal response going to be? You know, there there are. Uh, you can sit around and watch movies and contemplate what Arnold Schwarzenegger does in a certain movie when he's under threat. But it's a good idea for you to take it a bit further and a bit more personally and ask yourself, "What is it I would do in a situation like this?" Uh, I suggest that we all ponder our personal response. It's proving to be true. The experts are now saying that the best way to deal with one of these idiot shooters who shoots up a public place is for some people to charge them, some people to go after them, for some people to go after this person in a multifaceted surrounding kind of way. I know that's terrifying. I know the person, if it, if they're holding an AR-15 uh, is going to kill those who do that. It's the best way for lives to be saved. I am not saying that everybody listening to this podcast has to throw 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 themselves into machine gun fire. I am saying that given the world in which we live, as I've already said, situational awareness is essential. The second thing is know already your personal response. What are you prepared to do? Know it and respond quickly and think through what that is. We're living at a time when these are the decisions that are going to have to be made on the spot. And I specifically say to you males, it's time for you to maybe up your skills in some areas and be ready to defend not only your immediate group, your family, your friends, but also uh, to stand for life in that situation. And the final point I want to make, the 10th point I want to make is this. Uh, I think only the most blind person, the most willfully blind person uh, could miss or could choose not to see that we are living at a time of horrible spiritual upheaval in our world these things are spiritual. These things are connected to invisible realities. And as a Christian, I believe in a God, but I also believe in a devil. I believe in a kingdom of evil. And for whatever reason, that kingdom of evil is being given a free hand, is being allowed to do far more damage than uh, it has been allowed to do for quite some time in American public life, and certainly around the world. I urge those of you who understand these realities to pray. I urge you to live the kind of lives uh, that that uh, a loving God uh, would wish to bless and honor with wisdom and courage and insight and strategies. And I urge you to pray for the nations of the world. Uh, evil, say it however you will, is being poured out, is rearing its ugly head. Uh, There are answers. There are solutions. There is a greater kingdom, the kingdom of God. And we are fools to think that we can deal with this kind of outpouring of evil only at a natural level, at an administrative level, or at even uh, a counter weapons, uh, martial kind of level. I grieve for those who have died in Orlando, I grieve for those who are wounded, I grieve for our wounded nation, and what is necessary now is for good men and women not to do nothing, but to live lives worthy of a noble response at this hour in our world's history. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question.